Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, which is now part of the High Productions family. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And on this episode, I am joined by the only Hollyoaks matriarch that matters. Please welcome to the podcast, Nicole Barber-Lane. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout your whole course now try something new Hello <laughs> Thanks for having me Ingram. Oh, I'm so excited like honestly like I, I grew up sort of like my mum watched Hollyoaks and so I sort of grew up oh. like around like the time that the McQueens were like everywhere Yeah that was good times they were great times yeah that's the cool thing about acting like I always sort of say my favorite part of it isn't sort of well I haven't had the fame or the fortune but um like what I wanted to do and sort of why I got into it was to tell stories and to tell people's stories that you don't normally hear yeah so like I just wrote a play um with one of my best friends that we're currently producing and putting on and it's about this family on a council estate and their grandma comes back and she's got dementia and all things like that and that's the one sort of thing that I really love doing. It's just like, because anyone can write a story about witches and wizards and all that sort of jazz and make Can't it me. really great. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the art of theatre and the reason, and television especially, it, it, the reason why I'm drawn to it so much is you get to tell people stories that you might not necessarily get to hear. And at that time where John Paul was coming out, that was like a, what are they doing sort of thing? Like, did, was yeah, there was much really backlash big. from that? I tell you, there was um, Mercedes had to say lines that were aggressive towards uh, gay people, or they were, were in a, I think we were in a gay club and she had to say this line. And Jen herself was not comfortable in, in delivering it because it's obviously, you know, we have to do things as actors sometimes that are not us at all. And she was really uncomfortable, but she, she, does what actors do and just got hold of it and bam and gave it the viciousness that and then you know got turned around and, and everything and, and that was the great thing about stories is for me um what we got a lot of the time was especially those early days when the queens were in were a lot of letters saying you just like my family this has happened to us that's happened that's how I felt I you know, so the backlash for us as actors, there was nothing there. I think there was just an opening of arms for people to say, it's okay. You know, a lot of the times your parents do still love you no matter yeah. what you've done. They might be upset, they might be angry, but it doesn't mean they don't love you. You know, and that's that was the biggest message. And at that time, and for the first, definitely for the first three years or so that I was in that so everything was character driven everything was about those people what they were going through the emotions and you you had a very strong character voice so Myra was originally that voice of the matriarch she was definitely this is how it's going she kept her family together she was protective all of that you know um Carmel was the ditzy one who didn't know what was going on. It was like Spice Girls sort of thing. <laughs> and um, Mercedes was the sexy one. Um, Michaela was the, the daft but clever but creative but fun one because she was the youngest, you yeah. know. Um, and John Paul was the intelligent one and, and gay. And then uh, Tina was the bookworm. So each, what I'm trying to say is, each of these people had a massive character and Jackie, Jackie's character was the tough one. She'd go off her head, you know. And then things started to sort of change a little bit and it became different. Obviously, we've got new producers coming in and things changed. And then it, it starts to get more issue and plot driven. And although you're still trying to be truthful to those characters, sometimes voices can get muddled because you know as you know you, you don't sort of engage as much because you've invested so much in those first few years yeah. of that character as a 
as an audience, not just as an actor, that when different things happen, you're not sure if you want them to go down that line or you believe that they'll go down that line. And, yeah. And then that's when our job as actors really comes into play because you have to make sure that you are believed. You know. Yeah, the thing about Hollyoaks for me is they just tend to kill everyone off, and <laughs> it's like you get <laughs> it, it, like you get really invested in a storyline and a character, and then the sort of like here's a serial killer. We've got a brand new cast coming in, so let's get rid of them all. Um, I mean, you don't have to. I comment. think that happened a few <laughs> times because of there was the changes of of producers. I can't remember how many producers we went through it at one time but there were about four maybe five which is a lot in a three or four year period and obviously when Brian came back I was really happy to see him back at Hollyoaks but I'd already planned on leaving so it's not just the producers it's also what happens with you as a as a character and as a person and I was at a place where I was like I need to I'm so sorry I need to go and he's like no just just stay for a bit and I was like I wish you were here two years ago, but I, I really need to go and sort my head out. And so it was all sort of that. It's also about, about the people, you know. So, yes, they might kill a lot of people off, but those a lot of people like to come into Hollyoaks just for a couple of years. I mean, I would. So they, if anyone's yeah. listening, I'll come and do it. <laughs> so they, it's what's great about Hollyoaks is that it's line pictures itself the people there are just lovely they really really are and um and I'm talking about the crew I'm talking about production talking about canteen staff and makeup staff um we had a a, well a a lovely lady called Faye used to call her mummy Faye and she was like head of makeup when I when I left and she was just like you'd be upset or you'd look terrible and she tried she tried and do her best to please the artist and and upstairs so you know she would try and get everybody happy yeah and she, most of the time she did there's nothing better is there when you're sort of working on a project and that you can't you can go through the whole list and not really any of them are assholes there's always the odd one. Oh god yeah there is i mean there's there's over a thousand people that work there so you, you know not everybody's going to be amazing and that's okay that's life we don't expect that in life everybody you come across to be fabulous you know and everybody's got their own issues they, they go through and, and everything but for me Hollyoaks is a great le- learning ground for those actors who just want to get their teeth into something because you are thrown in you're thrown it in at the deep end and it's and it's fast and it's furious and it's exciting and You've got to learn if you don't know. And it's, you know, it's 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 a great place. It is a great place for, for that sort of thing. Uh, and it was for directors and camera people as well, because they did originally. I don't know if it, it's still there, all three media now. I, I don't know. But they did um, specifically do training for directors, for camera, for the, and the, the, that was part of their remit was to, um, bring people up and train them through different things so I, I do have a lot of respect for that definitely some yeah. great directors and lighting people and oh, I, honestly I could just just brilliant you know not every single one you know but, <laughs> name names but, just kidding no no if I could just say <laughs> focus everybody would know <laughs> um so what I like to ask everyone is how did you get into acting and what was your first role and that could be whether you were a lamb in the nativity in primary school, anything. Oh, yeah. Primary school. I love France. So because I was dyslexic, I well, still am dyslexic. So I, it was the first place that I felt that I was good at something. I remember being really little. I don't know what the part was, but I remember somebody saying to me, oh, yeah, aren't you good? Aren't you good at that? That was the first time anybody said I was good at anything. So I thought, oh, oh, well, that's nice. Somebody saying I'm good at something instead of telling me off. Uh, so then I, I did it again and they go, oh, she's very good. Oh, she's very, like, very good. I'm really good. And I was really little. I could just remember being little, tiny little. And then I played an alien queen. Oh my God, I thought I'd hit the big time, you know. It's my about, Oscar moment. Yeah, I think it was about seven. And I just thought, alien queen I loved it it was great so that was my that was my first sort of introduction into acting was the was the school plays and 
I think back then I must have had a photographic memory. Um, I know <laughs> because I could see the page, I could see the words and see the page, and that's how I remembered it. Um, but that doesn't happen anymore. I don't know why. Now that, it takes me I a night to learn a monologue, and I'm like, fuck. Oh no, I can't do it now. Trust me, I haven't got the <laughs> <laughs> same. So I, I was um, doing drama school auditions uh, last week, um, and like, just like even because it had been a couple of weeks since the first stage and then we had to do the same ones again. And I was like re-looking over them and I was like, I've got no fucking clue what any of this is. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, I've got to take a couple of days out to learn this. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is what I like about scripts is I like to understand them. So when they're written well, you've just got a, you've got, it's a great thing for great writing. You can remember things easily and they flow very well because it's very natural. Um, and it depends where these people are from as well. So, you know, if it's uh, sometimes things are written in an accent and it's easy to follow because it's written in an accent, even dropping a, a TH in that, why are you going up? Yeah. Hey, come up and, and it's written like that. Because <laughs> there's a rhythm, so, isn't there? It's like yes, people exactly. always ask me what my favorite genre of theater is to perform. And I always say Shakespeare because it's right. written in like a rhythm that you can learn it easily. Wow. Like, well, see, my just... hat off to you because I haven't done Shakespeare. So no, I was just gonna say we were, I was so excited to do a Shakespeare and then a Shakespeare playing the director got um, ill and it all got canceled and ended up being a Greek tra tragedy. Well, it was because I played Lysistrata and it was terrible, but, um, but yeah. Uh, Shakespeare, I'd, I'd love to do a little bit. Of well, if I ever put on a Shakespeare show, I will. I will phone you. Um, okay. But yeah, Shakespeare is all written in iambic pentameter, so like it's really easy. It's like line by line, and there's only like eight words a line, so you can literally just yeah. be like, like I learned when I done Macbeth. I learned Macbeth in a night. Wow. Okay. I think I'd probably take a bit longer. Can't do that anymore. Takes me days no. to learn a monologue. But just when I was like in the zone of like studying Shakespeare and like learning it, it I think your head your head gets fuller as you get older as well. So you sort of delete stuff, and then it's like God. We used to we used to do when when you were saying about the queens coming in, we we work from half past six till nine o'clock at night, and and we would have scene after scene after scene after scene, we'd have to learn all those scenes and the scenes for the next day and the scenes for the next day, and it was relentless, and you you didn't stop. And we'd be in the green room just running them through quickly before we went down and stuff like that. But as time went on, we didn't even have time to do that. Everybody was busy with stuff. And we'd literally read it through on a block and then block it. And then it's it's being filmed. And it's so fast. Soap is so fast. You know, it's like I'd get upset because I'd be like, but I learned this and now we've changed it. Yeah, you know, because the, the changes had come in on the day, and I'd be like, I, I, I've got to reassess my brain, and I, I don't think that TV companies understand in general. Yeah, that when you're acting and when you're choosing to act and when you're doing it as an art form and you are learning it and trying to give it everything, you need more time. That's the thing I love you know? about the theatre. Mm. Like, it rarely changes. Like you never really come in because you half the time you're not working with the actual writer. Like, so it, the text doesn't really change. You've got weeks of rehearsals to get this right. Yeah. Like, that's what I love about it. There's no sort of, there's pressure, but there's no like massive, well, we've just changed the entire play. So we're open tomorrow and yeah. we've got to do it all. Uh, but that's what oh, that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, happened. I, Opening night bombed. Here's the new script, everyone. <laughs> thankfully not to me. Um, but about Hollyoaks, how did you how did you end up on the set? Like, what was the audition process for that like? That was brilliant. It was it was one of the best auditions I've ever done, been with, involved. Um, there was big rumours. Oh, they cast a new family in Hollyoaks. That everybody was going for it. I mean, I everyone I knew had been for an audition, uh, and I hadn't been asked to go for an audition anyway. Uh, luckily, I did get pulled in, but because I'd done some other stuff, they didn't need to see me that first round. And then the second round, I did. I actually read with my um, husband at the time, Liam Fox, who's now in Emmerdale, and we we read through together as as a couple to go into the show for this new family. And uh, a friend of mine called. Uh, uh, Jackie Dillon, Jacqueline Dillon, who I'd been to university with, we'd studied at university together. She was up for the part as well. So 
there was this workshop and uh, it was brilliant. It was all these women playing mums, about eight, all these guys for auditioning for the dads and then so many young people for obviously the McQueens and all these different people. And the McQueens were, I don't know whether you know, were based on uh, Michaela, Holly Jay's character. Did she come in beforehand? Because Hollyoaks have got a, he was already a habit there. of doing that. They bring a character in and then bring their family in three weeks later. Yeah, well, she was she was already there and the producer really liked her and her energy. And so he gave her more and then he thought, let's put a family. She was originally Amy Barnes's friend. She came in as and they were like, she's got some great stuff. So so basically we sort of had to look and sound a little bit like Holly to, you know, to to get that. And it, it, we did, and it was it was great. And then we went, we, we all did these bits, and we were given um, scripts, uh, about three or four different scripts to choose which one to present. And it was like a, it was great. It was actually like a workshop. It was like you know an acting well of talent. And uh, uh, I remember she went first, and because obviously we had been to the same drama school and we were uh, similar things had happened a lot of the choices she made I would also make and I watched <laughs> do it and I thought oh that was really good shit I said we can't do that one that's the one I wanted to do but we can't do that one I said and he said why not I said because I it would be too similar and she's done it first and it would look like I was copying her choices so we can't do it so I had to do something different and we went with a different one um and so then instead of being emotional and, you know, quite heavy, it was the light and funny one. So, uh, and it, it seems that that was the, the the good thing to do. Yeah, it didn't go wrong. Yeah. So, but I didn't have a clue. I did not think I would, I'd thought all these great actors and actresses and I just thought, nah, not a chance. And I thought, but I don't mind because what a great day. Yeah. You know, just have such a great day of acting with everybody, watching other people act and chatting to people. And I was just, it was a lovely, lovely day. Yeah. It's really weird then that the, the McQueens almost didn't happen if it wasn't for Holly, because when you think of Hollyoaks, you think of the McQueens and, they were such a staple and I don't think it would be what it is without them now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was all Brian um, Kirkwood's uh, and um, Alana, uh, who was also producer at the time, that it was their vision to bring in this family um, that would represent many families because he didn't have that in Hollyoaks at the time at all. It was all about the look and not so much as about the acting. And that's why the acting workshop was the, you know, they wanted to put a stamp on, look, we have gone and we have found actors. It's not just about looks. Um, and I remember going with that really terrible attitude when I was going there thinking, well, Hollyoaks, it's only all these young girls looking good. You know, I bet they're a bit, you know, up themselves or whatever I couldn't have been further wrong because there are rumors that they hire models instead of actors no there were some models but those models wanted to be actors as well right but um just like uh, some singers want to be actors and yeah you know but I remember talking to Ali Bastian and and she sort of welcomed me onto the set oh, she was so lovely Carly Stenson beautiful people not just on the outside like just just I can't tell you no ego at all just beautiful yeah. people you know and that's and that's what they were like you know and fun and silly and and that's the crew as well everybody was family working together as a team to get it to get it out and it was it was lovely yeah so when I was sort of like talking to some of my friends about you coming on the podcast and things the one question that sort of kept popping up which it popped yeah. up over Hollyoaks all the time. And um, we're going to settle the age old debate. Did Myra have a favorite child? No. Because <laughs> it, it popped up all the time. And then there was obviously you were in some massive storylines and you had to pick your children who, who was going to die. And so we all wanted to know who was your favorite child. <laughs> so I used to think that um, Mercedes used to remind Myra of herself when she was younger because the promiscuity and, and the looks and the dark hair and you know sassiness and everything so I think she always thought you know she's like me that one was that a lure yeah but I think 
I think obviously uh, Holly J was the baby of the family, so she was the baby of the family. But what was really interesting when um, uh, Niall, aka Matthew, aka Barry Sloan, the lovely, very talented Barry Sloan, when he was going, who is it? Who is it? Who's your favorite child? Who's it? Right, okay, you know. And I said to him when we were doing it, I said, unless I really feel I need to choose those two for whatever reason and fathom it round in my head which I had to because it was written I said unless I really feel that I have to say it I'm not going to say it I won't say anything so I warned him of that so he went it's okay I'll make I'll make your mind up don't worry so (laughs) what he did is he said it anyway he he said two names and one of them was Jackie and one of them was Carmel thing yeah and what was what was funny about that was I completely, as my character, could say, no, I didn't. I didn't choose you. I didn't because I didn't. Yeah, because there was a lot of fallout for the character after that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and then and then obviously the writers had to say that I did choose them. And what was funny was Claire Cooper played Jackie. Was really pissed off at me. They go, well, Elaine. <laughs> Because my character had chosen her to death. Wasn't me, darling, it's the writers. There's the exclusive fight backstage at Hollyoaks. Oh my God, it was was hilarious. So yeah, so, and there was a lot of, you know, stuff that went into that. It was, it was great. It was, and I would be saying to them, but that's an off screen, by the way, I would be saying to the girls, (laughs) no, but you're the oldest. And Myra thought that you would sacrifice yourself. You know, I'm just like, justifying I support it. That even though, as as you know, I didn't, I didn't. I said, you know, she would never choose any of the children. She'd rather die herself. Yeah. You know, there's no way she would do it. And then because they had to write it, and just no, come on, Nicole, you got to rationalize. So I was like, okay. So the only reason that she chose Jackie was because she was the eldest, and she thought she was tough, and she would sacrifice herself anyway. And then she thought Carmel because. You know, Carmel's really loving and sweet, and Tina's got a baby. Yeah. And uh, thing is, the the youngest. I can't remember why not Mercedes, but you know, <laughs> just no. Mercedes is still in it. You can't kick her out. She. I feel like you could have picked her, and she still would have survived. Oh yeah. Well, they all did. Did oh Tina didn't. Did, Tina died, didn't. didn't. That I remember yeah. watching that, and that was like a massive. I remember it was sort of especially with people that I sort of knew and listening, like being young and listening to my mum and dad speak. It was really like the only time that I can sort of equate it to something that happened in telly was when Lucy died in EastEnders, when everyone was talking about that. And I remember everyone yeah. talking. to be like, oh, it's happening in Hollyoaks, it's happening. And like, that was the first time that I sort of remember, because I was too sort of, I just sort of missed the who shot Phil, all that sort of malarkey. That's the first time that I sort of remember like something massive happening in Soapland yeah. that everyone yeah. was talking about. Because also when I was young, Hollyoaks had an earlier slot. So we all caught it. Like I don't think it did. It's half past six. It's always been half past six. Yeah, no, I mean like it was earlier, like it wasn't late. Like I wasn't being put to bed or anything. Oh, I see. Okay. So like you sort of, you watched The Simpsons and then you caught Hollyoaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that storyline of you all being in the church, I remember that was the first time that I can remember something massive that everyone was talking about. Yeah, yeah. But did anything from Hollyoaks set, did you did you borrow anything? Did you get anything home? Um, I took, I asked um, <laughs> design. Um, I said... They were redoing it. They were redoing the set. And I said, can I have that lamp? And wow. there's a little lampshade. It's an, <laughs> uh, it's just a little lampshade and a little lamp. And I've still got it. So no, I've still just got it in the house, actually. But um, yeah, just because I thought, oh, I just want something from these days, you know. But I, I've got to admit, the, the, the first few years, I mean, everybody says, oh, you look back stuff with nostalgia. No, they were, they were something special. Yeah, those first three years definitely something special, or four years, whatever it was. And then I think after the explosion, yeah, things things dynamics changed within Hollyoaks as a company as well. So things changed. You know, it was like it was different. Yeah, time yeah. to go. Do you think you'll ever go back? Uh, well, never say never. Yeah, never say never. 
Because, um, I mean, your house is still there. People are still living in it. Nah, it's been knocked down. <laughs> I don't the... think they've got an interior anymore. Oh, but, that, um, that shows you how long ago I watched it. Yeah, they've not got an interior, I don't think, anymore. I think that's been knocked down for the school hall. So with the social distancing and everything, they've had to redo sets. And, yeah. And like that, I understand. But um, Hollyoaks is a very... Uh, precious time different times different things going through my life and I left this is the third time I've left I think it's <laughs> about time I stick to my guns you know but you could come um, back with a load more kids in tow like you've just had a load more kids and we could have a new generation of McQueens a new generation yeah do you know what I think I think Hollyoaks has now got different a different vibe um, there's different stuff happening there. They've yeah. got different characters, and it's full of those characters. They're just not all in one family anymore, you know. Yeah. Uh, Teresa's back, so that's uh, that's always the bonus because she's a bundle of fun um, in real life as well. So <laughs> honestly, I think we'd all, I think everybody listening could concede that we want Myra back. So no pressure, oh, <laughs> none taken, none taken. No. So then what I also like to ask everyone is if we were following the government's advice, which we're not going to, and we were going to retrain and you could retrain as any job in the world and you don't have to worry about not having the qualifications or like I always say marine biologist. I have not got marine biologist qualifications. What would you like to retrain as? Um, I wouldn't. I just couldn't. I couldn't go there because it, it's just a... <sighs> I know it's a hypothetical question. Oh, we're not. Fuck Boris. We're not retraining. <laughs> no, I know it's, an, it's a hypothetical question, but I think the thing is, is sometimes it's just what you are. Yeah. And I'm I'm a performer. So whether I'm performing as a on television, on theatre, as a singer, as a teacher, as a healer, as a therapist as a speaker they're all performances yeah so it's part of who i am not it just always just I boils do. back down to yeah. that like sort of and so and it, i and if i had trained to be something then i can't think of a choice of something i would want to train i love learning anyway so i learn lots of different things constantly but my wish if i'm honest would be for people to just love more. Oh, this just sounds really wanky. But, um, <laughs> but just love themselves and love others and not judge. Don't yeah. judge everything. You know, that's, that's, I, I wish I could, you know, sort of understand how to spread that message more. But, um, and I'm saying it feeling like I'm in, you know, my own place. And even though I'm on a podcast, I just feel like I'm just talking to you. So maybe editing this out <laughs> if you can, I don't know. But yeah, it's just... Uh... No, and you've done that. You, you've you massively done that. Like in the storylines, like that you've been a part of and just, I, I don't want to keep sort of harking back to Hollyoaks and things, but you were like someone growing up that, like, even when I was young, I knew change was happening. Like, you'd never seen a woman on stage be on or on screen be like, my son's gay, get over it, fuck off. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You changed that. Like, that was a massive scope of change. And people will, that'll be, like, remembered. And you've taught yeah. people that. You know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It is beautiful that I can't take the credit for that it's just that I was the face of that idea you know without like I say it all the time like people say that all the time and you can give 10 different actors the exact same piece and they're all going to perform it differently yeah yeah, yeah. So oh no I did it, it really well yeah no, I did it really good. <laughs> had it been somebody else maybe somebody would have just been like right yeah it's just a fucking soap get over it but that actually inspired change and yeah don't get me wrong, we still got a long way to go, but like that was like a massive moment. So, like, you've done that, you've taught people to be kind and love themselves. Oh. Well, since we're still talking about Hollyoaks, <laughs> <laughs> I promise I will move on. 
what uh, what do you what did you think of the storyline between Myra and Sally? Well, so I had like I don't want to say mixed opinions because it's not mixed opinions. No, it's okay, but it's okay that. Okay. But it's not. I'm like trying to find a way to sort of say about it. I thought it was incredibly groundbreaking because mm. the only TV show that I can sort of match it up with, and it's really funny because I interviewed somebody from this TV show yesterday. Um, like in the way that they represent British people is Shameless. I always put Shameless and Hollyoaks together. Mm. And even with Shameless, who had made so many rapid steps to like sort of, we had sex workers, drug addicts, gangsters, they had made rapid steps to like bring these stories to like, we'd never had a trans person. I think we'd never had a trans person on Shameless that had a massive, like that wasn't just a background character for one of the gay characters to get off with. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that that was sort of really, again, rapid steps to like inclusion and changing. And I think Annie Wallace is a fantastic actress. And like I say, I don't watch Hollyoaks anymore because it's a bit shit. But um, saying that, if anybody from Hollyoaks would like to employ me, I'm down for that. Um, and I'll, I'll retract that. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that that was sort of like, sort of just a movement that was like, this is here these people are people and like they are and that's the thing that Hollyoaks and Coronation Street and Emmerdale all do they represent lives and yeah Britain. see see that yeah it was just Sorry. it was sort of magical to see that happening and that because I know trans people I know non-binary people and it's like yeah give them a platform like why why haven't we been doing this for years because mm. the only sort of person that we'd seen do that before was Haley on Coronation Street but that sort that's of right. was a really intricate storyline and she didn't just come out and say I'm trans whereas with um I and do you know the... who I don't know if I'm supposed to say this but do you know who helped develop that that character storyline I'm not saying de develop the character that sorry that's the wrong thing to say but who was the person who they spoke to about that was Annie Wallace oh that's really cool then if that if she was part of the the character development and then was like come and do it yeah that was isn't that amazing yeah and in fact it was um oh please forgive me Julie it was Julie who uh I can't pronounce her second name properly Hes Hesmondale I think it is who played yeah. Haley. yeah who encouraged uh, Annie to follow her dreams of being an actress. Oh, she's such a good actress. So isn't that a full circle? Yeah. Amazing. Like, it's so good. And that's one thing that I will always applaud Hollyoaks for. They, they are the ones that sort of will first. Yeah, they, yeah that's the correct yeah. word. They will be yeah. the first ones to come out and say, here's a trans person that isn't a butt of a joke, isn't a background yeah. character. Here's yeah. Here's a trans person that we're going to just fully put on screen, show yeah. their authentic lives. And I'll always, even though yeah. I've stopped watching it because it's not the greatest, um, I will always applaud Hollyoaks for that because, yeah. like like I said, first coming out sort of that I ever seen, mm. loads of different things. Exactly. And I think for me, um, it was it was a very interesting time because Myra, the character, obviously was a man-eater and, and she struggled with a lot of of the you know issues that you would and the only thing that I probably feel a little bit although that was that was happening in Hollyoaks and they did put Annie at the front and everything there was no media coverage at all whatsoever about any of those issues I mean we never got interviewed for anything which is a prejudice somewhere or something 100% it's like the but, prejudice was the same when uh, Annie was revealed to be John Paul's in quotes dad there yeah. was loads of things that were then like oh well the son was gay the dad's trans like look at all of this and it was like fuck off yeah like yeah that was the one thing that sort of that I remember sort of seeing and it was like no that's not how it works and they didn't even I mean even when um, Myra and Sally were getting married and uh, all, all, all their relationship was so interesting and I, and I was like God this is so great and groundbreaking stuff but nobody's taking any notice in the rest of the press yeah. in the media they're not covering even within Hollyoaks it was more about well no it was that's not true but the media is what I'm saying is more about Mercedes and yeah. um whatever was going on that time but I remember thinking this is how it must feel when a loved one comes back into your life still loving you but they're a different sex how does yeah. your head cope with that how does your head cope with that and that was being explored on screen but ignored 
because I, I think the media sort of realised that it was a trans person living their best life that wasn't doing something that the British people would call scandalous. The only time that you would have ever seen like that in the time was if you were having an affair. Like if you were cheating on your trans wife, then it had been like a scandal, and that would have probably been in the media. Well, well, she have... did. She did have a snog with Mike <laughs> Gamancho or whatever, um, and and that was the end of the way. And and that those last scenes with uh, uh, Annie and like when I was proposing to her and, and as Myra and everything, they were all really for me iconic moments, which just got 100%. swept under the carpet. It's you know, such they a just shame. didn't even get a, a light shot. Sh- shone on them at all and I do think that is a shame and I don't know whether it's because you know Hollyoaks I mean even though it is an award-winning best so it still gets treated by the industry I feel as Hollyoaks yeah so it's it's I think it's sad that so many great issues get tackled and the the real sad thing is they'll do it on Coronation Street or EastEnders in a couple of years time and it'll be on the front pages of the newspaper that's it. I mean, we we did obviously we did the John Paul. We did several things before other soaps never got covered. As soon as the, the Emmerdale or uh, EastEnders or, or Coronation Street did it, it was all everywhere. And I was like, no, the first people to do it were male rape when no disrespect. Yeah, but but the the, the what's it called the, then when uh, it Coronation happened, Street it was everywhere. Yeah, I couldn't but understand it. I think sort of the the plus of that and sort of the flip side of the coin is the people who affect and inspire know where it came from because it's like yeah, as i've grown yeah. up we've had ben mitchell come out then you had harry on eastenders come out but i still remember john paul yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i think like in the, it's not a, it's not a consolation like because obviously you want it it's but- not that it just it's just it makes me laugh how Hollyoaks is that important yeah. to people and does not get the recognition really it ups- upsets me as in because I can see the good that it's doing you know you get the you get the um you get people telling you those things and you think I'm so pleased and then it's just like it's just like anything where if, if it's not appreciated I suppose people just feel a little bit like what's the point in carrying on you know yeah but Hollyoaks are trailblazers, and we just had that yeah. sort of massive episode on racial bias. Um, I can't remember what the actress's name's called. Or Kelly. Actually, yes, and she was with Grace Black, who I think is called Tamara. Yes. Yeah. And um, they'd done the sort of same thing side by side, a white person and a black person in a hospital yeah. and showed the racial bias. That was, again, especially within like the year that we've had and things, groundbreaking. Yeah. Like, nobody's ever yeah. done that before, and that's something that I'll always just I'll applaud Hollyoaks for. That's what I mean. Has it been everywhere? Yeah. Like, <laughs> have, they, have they put it everywhere, it, all it, over the press? It's been like, I've seen Facebook links and that. I, I mean, I don't yeah. buy newspapers and things. so I, I've But never... you can see, the thing is, is, if it was Coronation Street, or, be all or over. That I did it, it Prime Minister would have commented on it. Exactly. But it's like... So annoying. One of my next questions is, if you could pick anyone in the world to do a two-person show with no financial budget like restraints on the West End, so you're doing a month-long run on the West End with anyone that you want in a two-person show, who would you pick? Anthony Hopkins. I like that. I like yeah. that. I like it when people know who they're picking. Because like I know right off the bat, mine's Catherine <laughs> Tate. Like, because I think it was yeah, the other yeah. day, I think he listed 12 people. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's not Just the show. Just in case he didn't want to insult anyone. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, um, it's just, I just think he's an interesting person, not just on screen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I could name loads of actresses and actors that I think are absolutely fabulous. But um, I know that he's a little bit quirky, Anthony Hopkins, and that's what I'd enjoy as well. It's the off as well as the on yeah. screen, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You've got a month with somebody. Come <laughs> on, let's have a good time. Let's have a giggle. What do you know? What I'm going to learn yeah. from you? What, you know, what can what can we sort of explore, not just in the text, but in life? Let's have a laugh. You know, it's all a laugh. Maybe if I was a bit skint, I'd pick somebody like Julie Goodyear, who's like known for like being a diva. Because at the end of it, you've got a tell-all book to sell. 
So maybe if I was Definitely. a bit skin, I'd go that way. Um, but we're coming to the end now, and what I always like to do is play a game. It's the drama school dropout game, and it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. Uh, so I'm going to give... Thank you, we've not talked about anything else, but Hollyoaks, I'm so sorry. We're, we're coming on to that. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give you three crazy theatre, drama school sort of stories, all involved in the entertainment industry. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And one of them is a big fat lie. They're all okay. submitted by listeners and they're sorted by our producer, Heather. So I don't know either, and we can play along. I've got it. the answer in a little envelope. So okay. here we go. Number one. I worked behind the scenes on a very popular British soap opera in the early noughties and right around the time of the return of a very famous forward slash popular actor who was well known for their diva antics asked for a certain part of the set's entrance to be recarpeted and for only them to be allowed to walk on the new section of carpet. Safe to say that did not happen and they left soon after. Number two. I was doing a show in Blackpool and about halfway through the run, I turned 25. The entire cast came out with a cake that had a happy 30th birthday cake topper on. They all genuinely thought I was 30. It was such a lovely gesture, but I was gutted. And then number three, my lecturer was pushing on my diaphragm during a voice exercise. Safe to say the mixture of booze and kebab from the night before didn't stay in my stomach for very long. So yeah, I hope that one's true. So do I. I like. Is that you may know that? Like you may know if this is even in the realms of possibility. Could somebody ask for the yeah? Entrance I'll, to I'll be tell you how that go. So this is how I see that reality. So there's a carpet. Imagine there's a carpet, and as an actress, you're running in to go and do this thing, and you trip over it, and it's all worn and it's threadbare, and you're like, "Can you get that fixed?" it's a health hazard and they're like yeah but it's it's we have done it before but it's because the the crew have to go over and we push trolleys over it and everybody else has to walk over it as well therefore actor then says well can you make it so they don't because it's our entrance and we're coming in so could you get away with that or would that just be like no well you could ask the i could i could definitely think somebody could ask the question i don't think they'd get sacked for asking that question and i and i think if it's a diva person, they're in their head will be thinking of the safety of other actors and that they're not cared for by the company. Okay, okay. That's so, you know. So which one? Just do we think one more thing. Bullshit. The middle one. The middle one. I I'd say the same because like. I'm 23. I don't think you would mistake me for 30. Well, I hope you wouldn't mistake me for 30. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to say the same. I'm going to open the envelope now. Okay. Number two. Hey, right. there we go. How have you been over the past year since we've sort of been grounded and things? Well, I was in the middle of a tour. Um, and, uh, and I was doing the... Uh, menopause the musical too and I was having great fun because I haven't been on the theatre for ages and it's just what I wanted a little bit of light fun uh, playing around having an absolute laugh and a ball Cheryl Ferguson uh, was on it as well we Nikki French and uh, Rebecca Wheatley uh, just fun 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 all yeah. of it um, and uh, and then the plug got pulled obviously we got sent home and it was like and then what do I do? What do I do now? I have no income. Yeah. No income. Like, I've had no income, no help from the government, nothing, 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 nothing. Luckily, well, I say luckily, but I have a, a rental property. So I, I, when I moved to Hollyoaks, I kept my own home and rented it out, blah, blah, blah. But because I have that, and it it doesn't give a, it didn't give a lot of money at all, Um, you sort of, going well how am I gonna and I I couldn't pay anything so I've had to take a big loan out to live for a year so financially it impacted me and because it financially impacts you it mentally impacts you because you don't know what you're doing you don't know where your worth is you don't know where you're getting your next bit of money from how's that going to happen when's you know the industries are going to come back and the like forgotten three million people who were fallen through the cracks because I was like to my agent my agent, my accountant, I was like, but I've paid VAT, I've paid tax, a lot of it for the last 14 years while I've been at Hollyoaks. Now I've gone self-employed on a tour two months before this. <laughs> I'm not entitled to anything. No, I think for me, it's been 
and I think for many people it's been a very soul searching earth searching what we're doing here searching sort of thing and that's why I was saying you know I think love is so important to give it to yourself and to give it to others and to to be be love um this is really weird and please edit out or edit in whatever however you want you know but um so at this moment in time I've decided to do this week I'm doing a lot of um psychic stuff a lot of I do tarot cards I I do all that sort of that side of me yeah and um and it's it's a spiritual journey for different people do different things this week that's what I've decided your podcast came on today which is like my first day at this sort of spiritual retreat thing and um I said well I'll just do it it'll only be an hour or so blah 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 okay now what I find I want to say is I want to tell you that um okay I'm just I'm just going to speak and you can do what you you want but um I had a uh my grandfather passed away um some time ago now but he passed away at Easter and I happened to be in Spain with my mum in a church. There's a big story to how we found church and everything else. Anyway, I'm just skipping to the, the bit. And I was in this church and I was standing up and sitting down and standing up and sitting down and um, and saying, I hear in and it's obviously it's in Spanish. And I'm thinking, yeah, for what, for why, for what? And uh, then my granddad appeared about there in my peripheral vision and started answering my questions and like one of them I'm not going to tell you everything but one of them was what okay then I was challenging because I didn't believe it was him I didn't believe I said okay then what's the meaning of life I said is it 42 which is an old um hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy's answer started laughing and he smiled and said, uh, love. I, I said, what do you mean? And he said, that's all there is. So everything is love. Everything is love, is what he said to me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what do you mean. And he just said, you will. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so, but now, all these years later, I'm like, <sighs> it hits me now and again. Everything is love. We are love. We are made of love. And we have to remember that and come from a place of love and understand that nothing is happening to us or being done to us. But it's happening for us to understand some sort of lesson in love. That's the only way I can sort of, you know, but and I just feel that this is happening right now. So maybe I should be saying that to you and maybe some of it should go get out there. Oh, hundred percent. I'll leave whatever you want in. Like I'm a massive believer of everything happens for a reason. And exactly. sort of this podcast is, I, I don't want to say too much, like not too much. I don't want to come across too much of a dick, but um, we're charting in you three different countries to. around the globe <laughs> and it's doing well. And yeah. like, I would have never have started this had I not dropped out of uni, had we not been in a pandemic, I'd have never, because yeah. if we weren't in a pandemic, I'd have never went to Amazon. So yeah, had I not, if there wouldn't have been a pandemic, I'd have never went to Newcastle to work in Amazon and I'd have never started this podcast because I was bored. So like, I'm a massive believer in everything happens for a reason. And yeah, it gave us the time to write a play that we're putting on hopefully next April, fingers crossed. Fabulous. Uh, so yeah, like I'm a massive believer in everything happens for a reason. And even just like when people say no to the podcast, I'm like, cool, probably was going to be a shy episode. <laughs> well, I'm really glad I said yes. Oh, it's been so lovely talking yes, to you. It really has. And I'll let you get back to real life now. I'm really aware that we've been chatting shite well, for a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, too much Hollyoak stuff, not enough uh, about acting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but on that sort of note, do you have you got any advice for like everybody sort of like that's in my position that's starting to get into this world and into the acting industry um be truthful be truthful to yourself do your truth don't think about what they're looking for deliver what you believe you see on the page um 
investigate in that page what is the writer writing we were talking earlier about the uh the script the script is it gives you all those clues if it's a good writer you've got everything in there you need for your character and you can suck out all these bits give them that part of you they don't know they're looking for it yeah until they see it Mm -hmm. and trust me i'm guilty of it too i'm trying to please i think they want this or i think they want that and if you don't get it it's not meant to be 100 percent. it's okay it's it's fine not to get part it's not fine not to enjoy doing the auditions enjoy every single audition you do yeah try your best because that's the joyous bit that's your bit of work that's your job yeah i love auditions i'm one of like the rare the minority of like my friends i love auditioning yeah an audition is great because you get to play you get to show somebody what you can do and if you don't get it it doesn't matter because you got to play for a day that's why yeah. i was so happy when i did the uh, workshop yeah for the hot because it was a great day i realized I had- that i liked auditions because i never used to like auditions but when i realized yeah. that the people who are auditioning you want you to do well they want to go home they want to yeah. see the sound the person that's when i was like right fuck it yeah yeah so that's that is my advice. Just yeah. enjoy, enjoy your work, enjoy auditioning, enjoy the scripts, enjoy it, bring joy to yourself and it'll flow through, you know. Perfect. Uh, where can everyone find you on social media? Um, oh, I don't really do social media very much. I have an Instagram, um, Nicole Barber Lane. I don't know. It'll all be in the <laughs> description box anyway. <laughs> But you're on Cameo as well. So anybody that's enjoyed yeah. this um, podcast, please go and show Nicole all of the love. Go follow her on social media. Go like all of her stuff because that's free and doesn't cost anything. And then if you're yeah. feeling a little bit extra generous, like I always say, please go and book a Cameo because they're really great. And all of the links will be in the description box below. But thank you so much for coming on genuinely. I've, I've really loved speaking to you. And I, I hope that one day when we're allowed out and allowed to cross borders and things, we can sit down and have a chat in person with a, a, a big glass of wine. Oh, yeah, that. And I'll probably do your tarot cards for you. I'm here for that. Like that. I would, know, who, I can tell. Who can say that many, like, I would be like, you know what happened to me today? Myra McQueen did my tarot cards. Well, she doesn't. She's alive. <laughs> but Nicole Barbalane. Yeah, she definitely good. does. Thank you so much. It's genuinely been so lovely chatting to you. Um, and I hope uh, you have a lovely week. And I, I hope that some of your weather generally makes it upwards towards me <laughs> i'm sure it will take care and good yes. luck with absolutely everything thank you so much i, I can't wait to see what thank you do next thank you thank you take care. bye-bye bye, bye. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout completed. Thank you so much, guys, for listening in at home. It genuinely means the absolute world. And thank you so much to Nicole for being such an excellent guest on this week's podcast. It's so surreal to be able to chat with actors, actresses, creators that have inspired me throughout my life and have shaped the way that I wanted to enter this industry. So I I can't imagine telling, like, 15 year old Ingram that all of this would have been possible and it's not possible without you guys who have sort of given me a platform to speak to people on um, so yeah thank you so much it's genuinely been as I always say the light in the dark at the end of this pandemic and I, I will never be more grateful please make sure that if you're not already you subscribe to Drama School Dropout so you get all of those brand new episodes as soon as they are out brand spanking new on the podcasting shelves and if you're feeling generous please scroll down and leave us a little rating and a review it genuinely helps the podcast and it fuels my fantasy of being massively famous across the globe and remember if you've got any stories for stage right or stage shite please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com uh, yeah and I'll be back again the same time same place next week with the start of the Inbetweeners the King's Speech and loads of different other things I'll be talking to Dominic Applewhite thank you so much for listening in guys and I will see you or you'll hear me again next week Drama school dropout, no graduation day for you. Drama school dropout, thought your whole course, now try something 